to our very very first podcast my name joseph and this is my lovely wife christina and we're going to be taking you along our journey of marriage and parenting and sharing what god has shared with us so yes without further ado let's get straight into it today we're going to be talking about our six mistakes that we've made within marriage Right into the meat of it, you know? Right into the meat of it. It's going to be a bit raw, really, isn't it? It will be, but that's the whole point in this. Okay, let's do this. So. Okay, so I feel that one of the mistakes that I made in marriage, and I still struggle with sometimes, is not saying how I feel. Oh, boy. No, no. Okay, oh, everybody get comfortable. Bear with me. <sighs> so, <laughs> so rude. So, one of the issues that I had, still have sometimes, was sweeping things under the carpet about how I thought. And it could be something really insignificant or seem insignificant, like, I don't know, not washing up the dishes when you say you're going to wash up the dishes. I'm leaving them to soak. He actually does leave them to I'm soak. I'm leaving them to soak. So annoying. It's so much easier to wash, you know. But you leave them to soak for ages. Anyway, we're not getting into it. My point is, so I wouldn't say anything and then it will happen again and it will happen again. And under the surface, I'm bubbling come the 10th time. Whoa. Whoa. Bear with me. Okay, Bear with right, me. All right. Okay. Listen. I'm bubbling listen. come the 10th time. But the issue isn't the fact that you didn't wash the dishes. I mean, it's partly the issue. Uh-huh. The real issue was my inability to be able to articulate or say how I felt and how it was making me feel. And instead, I would just sweep it under the carpet and then until I blow and it turns into an argument. And obviously, as a woman, not saying every woman, but as a woman, the washing up is connected to the thing that you didn't do 10 years ago wait, and is going wait, to wait, come wait. back up. Hold on, hold on. So what you're saying is, I would say that I'm going to do something, not doing it. Yeah. Then you'd get upset, yeah. but you'd be upset with yourself for no. not telling me no. and brushing it under the carpet. No, 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 no. And then you'd take that out on me. No, no, no. Okay. I'm not upset okay. with myself oh, okay. at the time. I'm upset with you for not doing what you said you were going to do. Now, the Kashina, now where we are now, I can understand. Oh, so looking back. Looking back, looking hindsight back, is a beautiful okay. thing. Looking back... Mm-hmm. It would have been better if I had learnt from the get-go to be able to say how I felt about certain situations. So you feel like you do that now? It's a work in progress, right? So one of the things that I'm learning to have to do is know when to speak, how to speak. Okay. And in the correct in the correct environment. Because Sounds like a Solomon proverb coming up, but continue. I'm sure it's there. But it's a challenge because especially once again me Kashina, woman i like to be able to deal with things straight away but i have to understand that if i can speak to you in a certain place um when you're in a certain headspace i will get a better response from you and the way i say it makes a huge difference so if i come at you with 
you said you were going to wash up and you didn't wash up it's not going to go down well but if no, I you never speak to the man of the house like that <laughs> <laughs> but if <laughs> but if I say it in a way of do you know what you said that you were going to wash up and the way it makes me feel when you don't wash up is really quite frustrated and I really need your help and I'd appreciate it I'm just soaking it. It was soaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. But that's one of the mistakes I feel like I made, which caused more arguments than necessary when we got married. I feel like it's my turn now. Go for it. So my number one is that I feel like previously I used to be too decisive. I feel like you're going to have to explain that. I used to make all the decisions, which was fine. Yeah, and then you try to do well, now, previously, not so much now, but then you'd always come to me and you'd always ask me for something rather than just using your own initiative. Like, it's like what? Like, what? Like, should yeah. I buy this kind of peas or this kind of, you know what I mean? Like, no, okay. no, but, um, <laughs> no, but, but stuff like, um, no, but, um, seriously, stuff like just. Simple stuff where you'd ask, oh, should I do this or should I do, should I do that? And I'm just like, it's, it's not that deep. Just just pick one. But it's deep to me. But it's not, though. But what if it is? But it's not. <laughs> you can't <laughs> tell me if it's deep to me or not. But I can. Maybe I just needed your confirmation. I noticed that the daughter, my daughters do that as well, actually. Yeah. They do something, or they're about to do something, and they turn around and stare at me first, just to see if I get on a nod or something, and just like, if you're going to do it, do it. Like, just just commit to something, you know? But I feel like that's the lesson that God's trying to teach you right about now. That women don't commit? No. Oh. With the house of women by oh. your son, there's a way that we we process things, and that we... We want our approval or certain approval from our husbands or our dads. It's kind of in us. All I'm saying is... <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is... Is that I feel like that was my first mistake. Being too decisive as opposed to... Getting you to think about it and just make the decision for yourself. Okay. Not, not in a rude way, but yeah. like Instead of just being, oh yeah, do this one. Just be like, oh, which, which one... You know, getting was it getting in touch with my my feminine side? Okay. I said, like, which one do you think could be better? Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And then you feel more confident in your decision making. Okay, so is that something you've changed now? What would you recommend to other couples that may be in similar situations? Um, well, I noticed that now. <laughs> I noticed that now that one of my go-to lines is um. I don't have an opinion either way. I don't know if that's a positive or a negative, you know. It's just to let you know that, take that little nudge to say, yeah, just make a decision, babe, it's all right. You like. So what you're saying for those females, those wives that are listening or wives-to-be, when your husband is says lines like that it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you he does love you he's just trying to encourage you to be more decisive because yeah. it can come across as you not loving us well, no, yeah right fine look at it from this point of view women were made to be the help me right but women can't be the help me if the man is constantly having to micromanage 
and that's what it comes down to. The women need to be able to say, okay, well, I know that this decision is best for the household, so I'm going to make this decision. When you're definitely unsure, then fine, come and ask, you know, oh, should we buy this or this because it costs over £50 or whatever it may be, or over £100 or, I don't know, whatever your budget is, and, and kind of go from there. So yeah. you want an independent, dependent woman? Oh, come on, now you're just making things complicated. I'm just saying. See what I mean? She, she actually twisted up my... You know what, fine, your one. Go, your second one. <laughs> Ridiculous. So my second mistake that I feel like I made was doing everything at the beginning when we first got married. What does that mean? Every, like, okay, bear with me. Okay. Bear with me. Right. Bearing. So I remember there was one day I came home from work and we both worked at that time and you were at home sitting down playing Xbox at the time. Alright guys, Xbox take this with a pinch of salt. We're not taking it with a pinch, a pinch of salt. Bear with me. And you came in, you were playing Xbox at that time. You don't play Xbox anymore. But then you did play Xbox. And I was so mad because there was no food, first of all, and you were home. And the house was still messy. And I, I thought... No, I plead the fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth. No. Nope. Honestly, honestly. And surprisingly, that time we had a conversation about it. And we sorted that out. But what I realised was, I think... You had got used to me doing it so often that it was just, oh, but Kashina's going to do it. Which then isn't necessarily your fault. That becomes my fault because we didn't discuss at the beginning how we were going to run the home. You tell me that you're taking the blame for this one. I'm I accept. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Great. That's your second point. Let's keep moving. <laughs> no. No. Hold on. But the the point being... When you get together with somebody, you need to have those conversations about how you want it, how you want it to work and how you want to run your household. And one thing mm-hmm. that I strongly um, suggest is thinking to the future. So tidying up and doing everything when it's just the two of you might very well be feasible. But what will happen when a child comes along and you have a baby who's constantly screaming and crying and you're breastfeeding and you're no longer able to do everything in the home like you did before. Or three babies, not just one. Or three babies in our case. Yep, one in one go. So be realistic with it because if you did everything and your husband then expects you to do everything and then a child comes along and you no longer do that everything, there's a chance, not always, but there's a chance that it will then start to cause friction between the husband and the wife because then this this baby's just come and taking over and now the husband's not getting what he always wanted or what the he husband always had. jealous it, it, i think it is a bit of jealousy I'm, yeah, honestly no, i think it is a bit no, of jealousy I agree with that. that's fair enough okay go on your number 2 <laughs> my number 2 um my number 2 mistake was not being the spiritual leader we're going down there yes okay let's so go. So what I mean by that is um, the whole setting up um, or initiating um, the morning worship, the afternoon worship, evening worship, um, the prayer time throughout the day and stuff like that. I I, I regret not getting that um, scheduled, I want to say, um, way before we, we had children. Because once you have children and... 
things start you well you start making up your, a, a different plan in order to fit around the child at least if you have those in place then you can still work with that and add the child into those plans rather than the other way around why um, do you think that mm-hmm. was a mistake like why was that an issue or where did that issue come from do you see what I mean? because once you start focusing on the child or once you you don't make that a priority, it then becomes harder and harder because everything else then starts to take priority. But what stopped you from being a spiritual leader? What stopped me from being a spiritual leader? Yeah. That's a good question. Because I I, I had a a good, long, strong moment where literally, even on my break, every single moment, I would find myself reading the Bible and I'll find myself going back to my dad or back to your dad even actually as well and asking various questions to, I guess, see the different perspective. I actually remember that. Yes. I remember um, <clears throat> you came out with a lot of sermons, but mm-hmm. to balance it out and going back to the woman being the help me, I remember you being on fire, but I wasn't as on fire as you was at that time, as you were on that, at that time. Mm-hmm. And looking back at it, I I remember, well, I have asked for forgiveness for, like, to God, maybe not to you, maybe I should have asked forgiveness to you for not being there at the time that you needed me. But I wasn't there to be that help me to keep you going. Right. At that time. Yeah. Um, And I think... It's, it's really important for the husband and the wife, where possible, to really be on that journey together at that same place. And it's not always the case. And the husband should lead, mm-hmm. but the wife needs to come along too. But this is my point. And so now, because that wasn't set in and that wasn't made priority, when other things came along and made it priority, especially when children come along, it's it's a lot harder to start setting up those routines because then you've got all the other excuses and procrastinations that come up with, you know, now being tired and, and oh, I would wake up at 5 or 5.30 to do my devotion, but I was up at 2 feeding the baby and it's like, well, yes, that's understandable, but at the end of the day, your, your first responsibility is to God, not to leave your child starving, but you know what I mean. Yeah, if you had to go to work for whatever time, you would wake up to go to work for whatever time. So you, you can wake up to do devotion at a different time. So that's why. That's why that's my second one. Yeah. I think it's... A, I mean, for the, the, the husband-to-be or the newly husband, what would you say... What advice would you give them on this point of being the spiritual leader? And how important it is. We've been learning that so much lately over the mm. past few months god's been shedding shedding light upon light about the husband being a spiritual leader and we looked at job i think it was job one how he would wake up every morning he would make a sacrifice for his children mm-hmm. and ask god for forgiveness for the sins that his kids might have done and for the thoughts that they had like he took his his role as a spiritual leader so seriously so for the person who the husband or the husband to be who's starting on this journey, or even somebody who's been married for the while and they want to be a spiritual leader, um, and, yeah, they want to lead their family spiritually, what do you recommend or say to them? Set up a partnership. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're getting married or are already married, set up a proper partnership to say, okay, this is what needs to happen. We both need to have at least 
30 minutes or so in the morning slash in the evening in order to have devotion time um, with God and set up that partnership. Who's going to be waking up to do X, Y, Z in the morning or have the night role for that night um, and vice versa? Um, set up that routine. If you've got to wake up early and leave for, for work before the children wake up or whatever it may be, then set out all the bowls and the plates and the cereal, whatever it may be, cover it up if you need to. So that when the children are eating, your wife can then go back and do her study. Yeah, just, so just, I suppose it's working around it. So you yeah. were speaking about how at night time it might be really difficult to wake up, but mm. there are ways around it. And it's finding a way that will work for you and actually having to do teamwork for it to be a reality so that the husband and the wife both get something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My turn. Yeah, what's your third and final one? Okay, so this one... I recently learned and it's from a book called Love and Respect by Dr. Egerich. Egerich's E-G-G-E-R-I-C-H-S. Amazing book. Absolutely recommend it for anyone who's married, anyone who's thinking about getting married, anybody who's engaged, get that book. And my mistake is not understanding that Bible text that every woman doesn't like. Husbands love your wives and wives respect your husbands, respect and obey your husbands. In 1 Peter 3 verse 1, I didn't understand this whole respect thing. Right, okay. Um, and what I've learned, especially from reading that book as well, is I feel like we need a whole podcast on that book. But one of the things that I've learned is the way I feel loved isn't necessarily the way you feel respected. Okay. And I didn't okay. understand that before. So I'm going to go deep, guys. Um, so, for example, um, one of them being as a woman who's tired with lots of children, sometimes having sex isn't the one that you want to do. But because as a woman, I can just, like, a hug is great and I can feel loved by a hug. Cough. <clears throat> <laughs> but... I understand that for a husband, that's not necessarily the case. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that God made you like unnecessarily sexual. He made you like that for a reason and it's okay. And it's one of the reasons or the ways you feel respected. That's just one of them, guys. Um, being able to understand their need to provide is another way. Hmm, that's a um, good one, yeah. Because sometimes you don't understand why your husband always has to grind. Why does he always have to be at work? Work, 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 work. But actually God's instilled in him the need to provide for his family. Not to and say that he should constantly be away from his family. Yeah, that's true. But it's also but, being yeah. understanding of their mm -hmm. desire and their need to provide. And actually by appreciating the time that they take to provide for us is a way of showing them respect. So that's something that I've learned recently. And if I'd learned that a long time ago, probably would have saved a few arguments here and there. Just, just a few. Just a few. Just a few. Okay, what's your last one? Uh, my last one is actually living outside my means. Oh, another That's cringe. a mistake that I wish I didn't make. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the main just behind this is living outside your means, buying all these things that you can't afford feeling happy about them at the time and then obviously you have to pay you have to pay back the money which obviously becomes increasingly harder when you have children back to that again hindsight's a beautiful it thing it is it is um 
So yeah, living outside my means because also on the on the top ten list of reasons for divorce, the first one being infidelity, the second one being money. Wow. Wow. So actually, that's a big it's topic. A pretty big topic. Yes. And usually in marriages, you find there's one who's a spender and one who's a saver. It is. Yes, that's very true. I mean, if you've got two spenders, then it's a real issue. I mean, yeah. Bankruptcy will become your friend. <laughs> it's gonna be a real issue. But we're yeah. not we're not play, we're not not playing with bankruptcy on people. No, no, no. Yeah. I rebuke it. Amen. But seriously, living outside living outside my means, I, I wish that I had better understanding of money back in the day. Obviously the schools don't teach it. Um and not it just all parents teach it either. No, not all parents yeah. teach it. So but your it, advice to the the husband coming up would be save now so that you can enjoy life later well not necessarily save just buy what you can afford be financially stable yeah and that doesn't mean having credit cards credit cards doesn't mean you're financially stable even if you can pay it off straight away because you never know what could happen I would say that there's someone um, I used to listen to called Dave Ramsey and he basically advocates having at least six months worth of expenses. So if you lose your job or anything like that, you can survive for at least six months until you can find another job and then go from there. So have at least six months of expenses and then fair enough, do whatever we want with your money, invest it, spend it, whatever you want to do so that you've got at least six months worth. Like, so if your car breaks down or whatever it may be, washing machine, quicker which just happened to us recently yeah you got the expenses there to be able to pay for the stuff like that so yeah it won't take that long to do guys okay so these are our personal mistakes that we feel that we made in our marriage and praise god just the top six top six we but could go for, on for a very long time Amen. Yeah. no okay but for grace we could go on for a very long time yeah but for grace but for grace <laughs> Praise God for grace that yeah. his mercy has seen us through these mistakes and we've been able to give grace mm-hmm. to each other with the mistakes we've made. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. But just before we go, the text for today is taken from Ephesians 3 verses 20 to 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So in our situation, it seemed impossible. But actually this text is saying, There are no limits that we can place on God. Yeah. What we think he can do even more than what we think is possible. He can help us to love three babies at the same time. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. at the time, it didn't seem like it was possible. <laughs> so he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask or you think, according to the power that works in you. Amen. Have a great day. Have a great one. Catch you in the next episode. Adios. Bye.
indeed. And remember to have faith, show love, and give grace. See you later, guys. Bye. Peace.